Hello and welcome to another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. I'm Hamish, uh, the much forlorn Essendon fan. Joining me as always is Amos. Um, how are you this evening, Amos? Uh, Hamish, we join in mixed emotions. I can't believe you're sitting there with a smile on your face like your Essendon players seem to be every week after a loss or a win. I'm not sure, but... <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it is mixed emotions. Um, we, uh, we'll, we'll get the positives out of the way first. Uh, Box Hill had a win. The VFLW girls came back from the dead to draw with your VFLW girls to put a bit of payback on last week's AFL game. Liverpool won the FA Cup. Manchester City dropped points in the league, which means the title race is possibly still open. Unlikely, but possibly. So we're all on the up and up. But uh, to be honest, we're still reeling from the uh, tragic news in the uh, cricket world of uh, Andrew Simons passing away yesterday or yeah. Saturday night. And uh, condolences out to friends and family. Um, yeah, just an amazing talent who, uh, yeah, everybody loved him yeah. in some way, shape or form. Another part of the cricket fraternity taken too soon. Um, I must admit, I I didn't want to believe it. Um, when I saw mm. it come up on my Twitter feed, uh, one of the journalists um, sharing at his breaking news. I, I saw it on Sunday morning, and um, yeah, um, tragic circumstances. Um, many great memories of um watching him play both at the MCG live and on television. Um, you know, I think. Most will remember him for his um, white ball exploits, but for me, mm. it was um, those um, some of those test matches where um, you know he he had a great test career as well. Obviously, didn't play as many test games, but um, the test matches. But um, you know, and I just loved the fact that he could bowl um, off spin and <laughs> the medium paces and, and, yeah. and the seamer and um, use whichever one he needed to at the time. And I think that just made him the perfect test match cricketer. Mm. I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And the fact that he could bludgeon attacks, you know, mm. to all parts in a, in a Gilchrist-type manner or, uh, you know, I think the century that he made at the MCG against the Toms, he took 25 balls to get off the mark or something. So he yeah. could remain a bit patient too. Uh, and his fielding. I yeah. mean, I always rate Mark Moore as the best fielder I ever saw. You know, closely followed by Ponting and, and Simons is right yeah. up there with those two. So, um no, he was an amazing player and yeah. um, perhaps famously remembered for a couple of on-field indiscretions. Mm. Or would you call it an indiscretion? Oh, that's knock, knocking out fantastic. A, knocking that, that, out a streak. <laughs> oh, that's definitely not an indiscretion. I mean, he should be applauded for that. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a ripper. Yeah. Um, in this day and age, what, how many weeks? Oh yeah, you'd you'd think the um the streaker'd be a bit um concussed after that one. So probably <laughs> three weeks um for um reckless um high contact um yeah. yeah. I think the beauty of it was you can't even claim that he attacked with a weapon because he put mm. his bat had his bat in his other hand, picked yeah. his shoulder and went bang, and it was yeah. fantastic. Mm. And I reckon I, I always remember uh, the poor Indian players' faces just going. What the hell is this guy? Yeah, mm. they wouldn't have seen anything like it, let alone on a cricket field. But um, no, he's a great player and uh, it's just tragic, really. So, um, yeah, what more can be said, really? Mm. Yes, yes. Uh, I just hope we don't hear any more about um, 
cricket players um, being taken in the prime of their life and well before their time. And hopefully um, this is the last for a little while. Yeah, we've had what, three three decent big ones this year. And uh, yeah, let's uh, hope for some respite in that space. Yeah. Um, we could wax lyrical about um, Roy and the Australian cricket team all night, but this is a football podcast. So um Let's and um, let's get into some of that discussion before you get too excited about Liverpool and start talking about that next. Um, first thing I want to talk about is um, GWS and who's going to be the next coach there. Uh, obviously, um, as an Essendon fan, um, I have a little bit of an interest here um, with what's going on, given the um, interim coach is former Essendon um, premiership player Mark McVeigh, and I see with um, interest this afternoon. He's um, reached out to uh, another Essendon, former Essendon player, a teammate of his in um, Dean Solomon to try and get Dean to come on board for the rest of the season as well. Um, that'll be an interesting one to see whether that happens, given that um, Dean was unceremoniously dumped from as an assistant at the Gold Coast um at the start of COVID, uh, apparently to, um, you know, free up some funds. So mm. uh, it'll be interesting to see whether, um, you know, he can be pulled out of retirement given he apparently has other business interests now and whether that friendship tug will be enough to get him across the line to come and help out and to um, join the team up there with, you know, obviously another teammate of theirs and um, they're um, already part of the team there in a somewhat limited part-time capacity in James Hurd. It could be um, the three of them there leading the way forward for um, the, um, the Sun, oh, sorry, um, for GWS for the rest of this year. Well, that could well be. Uh, all I'm seeing here is that GWS is becoming a mini Essendon. We had Sheedy kicking them off. Mm-hmm. We've got McVeigh, Solomon possibly, Hurd's there. Yeah. They have an open trading olive branch between yeah. Essendon and GWS. It's like a feeder club. And then you jettison all your shit players to Carlton. I think. <laughs> yeah, what, what, uh, what, what possibly could go wrong there? Yeah. Exactly. So hmm. um, uh, just all the parallels align. This is like uh, John Elliott back in the 80s suggesting that yeah. Carlton should buy North Melbourne. Perhaps uh, Essendon mm. have surreptitiously screwed everybody and, yeah. and uh, bought out GWS. Uh, yeah, look, that obviously there is that sister club relationship that can be seen from right from the <laughs> beginning there with, um, as you said, uh, Sheedy becoming the um, coach there. I should also say that, you know, they've got Craig Jennings working as their backline coach yeah. who's had previously yeah. had a role at Essendon. So um, yeah, it's there's obviously strong ties there. It's um, reaching across those state borders just to um, build the bonds of friendship. Um, do, you, do, you think, do you think at any stage uh, you'll hand Dylan Shield back? Oh God, they could take him. Oh, <laughs> hmm. No, well, it's just, I mean, we're, we're being facetious, obviously, but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of parallels between the two clubs, um, and uh, it would not surprise me to see another Essendon name bob up somewhere. Yeah, somehow. It's um, it's it's interesting though um, that the only sort of real speculation going forward, although I think it's been hosed down a bit today, of um, taking over as the coach from an Essendon perspective is um, speculation that James Hurd was going to get the role Mm. above um, McVeigh, which you'd think um, doesn't make that much sense. You know, as much as I'd love to see Hurd back um, coaching at the top level, um, 
given that he his role at GWS has only ever been very much part time, and he's currently overseas, it um yeah. it's um kind of funny that he's sort of jumped to the front of the queue there. Well, closer to the front, not necessarily yeah. at the front there. Um, as a potential um, but it seems that uh, um, McCartney. Um, may have uh, hosed down some of that speculation there, reminding everybody that he's only in a part-time role and that there are yeah. plenty of other coaches out there. Um, although... I, I think it was a bit of clickbait, to be yeah. perfectly honest. Yeah, the, uh, the journalists had to um, write something, I suppose. It, it yeah. very much had a Tom Brown feel about it, didn't it? <laughs> Completely. Uh, it absolutely did. And, yeah. uh, sorry if we can't attribute the article to Tom, but uh, huh. we, we'll find somehow, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, the it, it is interesting the coaching merry-go-round. It's um funny that a couple of people have already that would have been at the top of the list have already counted themselves out in Nathan Buckley, who has said he definitely won't be coaching anybody next year, mm. and Ross Lyon, who has said he doesn't want the GWS job given he went through the um process last time and didn't get it. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if Ross has got a little bit of a. Uh, a whisper that uh, Essendon could be looking for a new coach soon and it might be just uh, sticking to his guns and staying in Melbourne. Um, look, I, 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 we won't get to talking about the Essendon game yet, but it, it, um, it, 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 I think, yeah, to be honest, um, given what's happening with the coaching merry-go-round and given what it started, the um, Essendon fan base is very fickle and if it doesn't improve... Um, quickly you could find Ben Rutten having to have the full support of the board sooner <laughs> rather than later, especially with some of the names that are out there, you know, oh, um, absolutely. Uh, Clarko being top of the list is, um, and he, you know, he's been very clear. I mean, maybe not in so many words, but he's been very clear that he wants to coach again and wants to coach at the top of the um, top level, you know, given his role with the Tasmanian government advocating for a team down there, perhaps he's hoping that he can get that team in and coach it. Mm. But if he got uh, if he got a situation where he was offered the head role at a list that could quite quickly become in the premiership window, he'd be he'd be silly not to take it, and it'd be very tempting well, for him. Well, I don't know. I mean, that, see, there's the key the key point there is that uh, Clarkson said the only thing that would tempt him to come back is uh, is winning flags, and mm. oh, I'm not sure Essendon's the, the. I don't know. I'm not talking about Essendon. I'm talking about GWS. Um, oh, whether that's um, yes, right. The, Sorry. Um, oh, oh yeah, well, yeah. absolutely, GWS would mm. be tempting. Uh, Essendon yeah. would be too, to be fair. But uh, yeah. uh, totally. Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether Essendon's list is as good as I um, we thought it was at the start oh, of the season. Oh, no, yeah, it yeah. is a bit. You know, we'll talk about that in a bit. I mean, then. there's a few holes, but every list has got holes. Yeah, uh, except for Melbourne's <laughs> at the moment, but. Um, yeah. You know, I, think, I don't think uh, I don't think Goodwin's going anywhere unless Goodwin decides he wants to go somewhere. So I think, oh no, well, yeah. he's just resigned until twenty twenty five or something. So yeah. he's going nowhere. But um, uh, you know, I think um, look, I'd be very surprised if Clarko landed at GWS or Essendon, uh, especially given the spray he gave Ian Robson, ex CEO of the Hawks, who defected mm. to Essendon at the time. Yeah. Uh, however, as he saliently said yesterday morning. Clarko is no longer at Hawthorne, so he can mm. no loyalties. But uh, oh, very interesting to see who puts their hand up. You know, I think we've got to look at. Uh, there's a few other teams who could be in the same boat shortly, and that's uh, Adelaide. Do they stick with Matthew Nix, who's in his third season and yeah. hasn't seemed to uh, got well from the outside anyway? Uh, much improvement out of the group. Yeah. Uh, West Coast, you know, Adam Simpson is clearly having 
her the most horrendous year you've ever seen and possibly through no, no fault of his own. But, yeah. um, yeah, West Coast aren't a club that uh, stick down the bottom very long and not yeah. afraid to make the hard call. Um, so there's certainly another couple there. Um, we were talking to Port Adelaide earlier in the year. If they fall off the perch again, who knows? But I think Kenny's probably got them going on the right track, albeit yeah. he's had a couple of soft kills in the last four weeks to help his cause. Um, Stuart Jew's always thrown up, but I think uh, I watched most of the game on Sunday and they were pretty impressive against Fremantle. I'm happy to say that I, I tipped everybody a winner here who listens to the podcast last Monday, if you remember, uh, by tipping the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's a few going around. Sam Mitchell's battling. He's clearly not up to it after nine yeah, weeks. He's struggling, <laughs> yep. He's, um, he's going to get the full support of the president and the full support of the board soon. Exactly. So, you know, uh, Jeff and Justin Rees were out at Box Hill yesterday talking to each other in the corner of the stand there, no doubt whispering sweet nothings about coaching and whatever else. But, uh, yeah, there's um, – so who knows? Uh, but I think there could potentially be four or five jobs up for it this year. Mm. And, uh, you know, to get the best man uh, would be who blinks first. Yeah. Yes, um, it, it, um, interesting times. Um, and, you know, look, if McVeigh has – a few win puts a few wins on the board and um they stay competitive. Yeah, he may he may um leap to yeah. the front of the queue um and they may go with better the devil you know and stay, well, let's stick with what we've got there and um yeah have the um for the Essendon conglomerate running the um <laughs> running their second team north of the border. That's it. Nothing like a good reserves team that finishes oh, look above at, your senior team, yeah. is it? <laughs> Might be very much like um, a city football group thing where you have a few teams <laughs> spread around the place and you just swap your players conveniently between each other as it suits. Yeah, that's fair enough too. So, But, um, I mean, Mark Wavay certainly hasn't got the worst list to be a caretaker coach. Mm. And he's got, what, 14 weeks or something yeah. there, about 13 matches to show he oh, wears. Plenty so, of time to stamp his authority. And, um, you know, you, you, you wouldn't want to change the game plan too much given they're doing yeah. it for too long but you can put your own tweaks on it your own twist on it and if it um yeah. there's fruit they'd be silly to go anywhere else really oh i agree but you know what else this could spell it could finally spell the full scale retirement of shane mumford <laughs> <laughs> no no ne- never say that oh. yeah. the man's had more comebacks than 25 yeah well but, um uh... look but you know he he's he's um I, look, I, I think if he doesn't get picked up at this year's um, mid-season draft, it might be it might be it for him. I don't think oh, he'll be goodness. running around at the draft next year. I wouldn't have thought. No, I wouldn't have thought so. But, I mean, Braden Bruce is going pretty well. Yeah, uh, it's pretty good on Sunday, and and, uh, and, yeah, and the yeah, understudies yeah. are going not too bad yeah, as well. So, yeah. like yeah. they're they're doing okay there with um Bruce at number one, and he seems to be um he you know back at full fitness. So, yeah. um, do you reckon? Do you reckon? Um, it's going to be quite harsh, but given his injuries and the fact that he's been behind Goldstein and Gorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll do a banner for his 25th game. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the poor guy, I mean, seriously, mm. he's been in the system. It feels like he's been in the system about 10 years and he's played yeah. about 15 games. Yeah. So, but um, anyway, we digress. Yeah, yes. Yeah, um, you're being a little bit facetious there, I would have thought. Um, but, you know, you're right. He is 26 and he hasn't played as many games as you'd expect from a 26-year-old because of where he's been. That's it. So, uh, but anyway, it'd be interesting to see what happens. But yeah. uh, we didn't mention David Noble is being beaten from pillar to post yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, there's another one who could be on the scrap heap soon enough. 
Mm, yes, the coaching merry-go-round will be an interesting one and um, will be a big feature of this year and to see who comes through. Uh, let's have a look at some of the games. Um, Friday night, uh, the Doggies showed um, the Pies how to play, 99 to 51. Yeah, it was a bit of a procession this game. I uh, well, I got eight out of nine this week, so I was pretty happy. But um, the dogs, yeah, just too good for Collingwood. I think there's an article out yesterday or today that Collingwood have, yeah, the honeymoon period's over for for Craig McRae, but also they've got a fair few injuries which are starting to bite. So, um, yeah, they may be uh, in for a bit of a torrid winter. The pies. But uh, probably not unexpected given how young their list is. Yeah. Uh, and certainly having Pendery pull out late Friday afternoon didn't help their cause. No, no. So. Um, the speculation in the media after this game was that um, Bailey Smith might be a smoky for the Brownlow. He certainly had a good game, but um, I'm not sure he'd be up there just yet. And there's probably a few that are taking votes from him. Yeah. You're right. It's uh, like the classic could have been song from the 80s. Hamish, peroxide tips will get you noticed. <laughs> He's got the mullet. He's yeah. got the flair. He's a, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Bradley Smith, but there's no arguing that he's a damn good player. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, if he uh, uh, just uh, dyed that hair a little blonder, I think the, Garrett, the brown lay would almost be a shoe <laughs> <laughs> so that that that's your um su- suggestion that he does that um yeah just before, get on to yeah. Greg Champion and Jeff Richardson of the boys and they'll, they'll tell you how to win. yeah yeah uh, Norton kicked three but also um came out of the game with a leg injury I'm not sure how, how serious that is have you heard since the game no they've been pretty quiet obviously the injuries will come out tomorrow yeah. uh, but um the uh, there was Norton and a couple of others who finished. Um, you know, hobbling. Uh, he finished out the game, but you could see yeah. it wasn't right. So um, I think if they didn't have a couple of others on the bench, he would have uh, spent the last quarter probably on ice, so to speak. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, no, the doggies are certainly battling on given the size of their injury list. And unfortunately, I think it's probably going to curtail any aspirations they had of challenging too much because... Yeah. Yeah, they've got a fair few of their top liners out, not just um, you know, some of the big graders. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope it doesn't happen, but uh, it looks like it could. So, yeah. Um, North Melbourne was probably more competitive than expected against Port Adelaide, but um, Port, uh, I'm being facetious there. Port Adelaide <laughs> got the done job done easy, easily, um, 115 to 46. Uh, yeah, I must for- admit, I, yeah, go on. I was going to say four in a row for Port. Are they back? Well, they could be, but like I said, they've had a couple of soft kills in West Coast and, and North Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, so and they've got the Bombers this week. No, not this week, next week. So they could easily be uh, five and six or six and five after round 11, which would be an amazing turnaround. But yeah. um, um, I think, uh, yeah, those four... Uh, yeah, a great win against the Saints a couple of weeks ago, albeit by a point. Uh, but certainly playing North and West Coast at this at the time they have has yeah. been beneficial to their cause. Yeah. Um, so, yes. But I must admit, I did not see any of this game, so I can't really comment too much. Oh, no. Um, I I only seen some highlights as well. Um, you know, Zerha kicked three for North. Uh, Georgiades and Marshall both kicked three for Port Adelaide. Yes. You're, um, uh, you're happy that your man, 
Marshall's starting to play well for Port, given you were very strong on his uh, lack of form earlier in the year. I do have him in a fantasy football competition that <laughs> um, you and I are both involved in, Amos. Uh, I believe this one's in different leagues. Um, yeah. And um, I have experienced some frud- frustration with young uh, Todd. In, you know, weeks, weeks I do pick him, he kicks no goals. Weeks I don't pick him, he um, kicks five. Um, <laughs> I, but he seems to have started to find a little bit more consistency now. So he may um, stay in there as a starting forward in that team. And um, best of luck to him for the rest of the season. Fingers crossed for you, Hamish. Just, mm-hmm. uh, as long as you don't beat my team, that's... <laughs> Well, you may have already done that. But, uh, yeah. So you just sabotaged me at the draft. <laughs> I just followed your list and gave you the next available at the time um, on the list in the order that you put them in. Um, but, you know, Port Adelaide's now only one game outside the eight, which is a, a phenomenal turnaround this early in the season, given where they were starting from. Oh, absolutely. So full credit to them, unfortunately. Uh, what was our next game? Our next game was um, Saints, Saints and the Cats. And the Cats. Uh, Saints I, get over by 10 points. No, I know. I'm still, uh, I want to catch the highlights of this game because it looked like a, a ripping game and mm-hmm. a couple of good friends who are Saints fans who are uh, all of a sudden believers, which is good for them. Yeah. Uh, as we know, hope is the worst thing you can give a man. So uh, I suspect when they come up against uh, Melbourne again later in the year in the finals. Um, yeah. They may find out where they are. But, uh, I mean, Geelong were up a fair way in this game and uh, security well to peg them back. I think it's a seven-goal third quarter for them. Um, and yeah. I just heard a snippet of on the couch just before we come on, on air. And uh, uh, Brownie was uh, very impressed with the ability to get back in the game and uh, run it out. Um, so, yeah, great win. Yeah, and um, former Essendon player Paddy Ryder is finding career best form. Well... Oh, I've just seen the score in your game. I didn't realise Sydney kicked 14 goals, 21. Yeah, we will get to that later. Sorry, I'm thinking, sorry, I'm thinking Paddy McCartan. Goodness me. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no. Paddy Ryder. Paddy Ryder, Career yeah. best form at the age of 35. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. He was an Essendon, great Essendon centre-half back for a period of time. So, yeah. dominating but, in the ruck. Yes, you, you are right, though. It was that seven-goal third term that turned him around. Um, but, you know, they're... The, after that loss to Port Adelaide was probably their most disappointing loss. They had to make a statement and they're um, continuing to do so. And um, yeah. you know, as we've speculated numerous times, maybe it is just that Cats list getting a little bit older and a little bit slower at stages and um, getting run over the top. Yeah, well, I don't think it's... Uh, like, it's not a game you would have expected the Cats to drop once they got in front. Mm. Uh, I think they reverted to just... <laughs> someone made a comment. Uh, it might have been Damien Barrett, of all people, who made a humorous comment for a change. Um, uh, said that the Cats have reverted to type by dropping two 22-year-olds, so there's only two players under 23 in the team this week. Um, <laughs> but they might have yep. to might have to go back on their policy. But uh, uh, they play Port down at Geelong this week, I think, coming up. So that will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Adelaide and Brisbane. Brisbane did it relatively easily. 16-6-102 to 9-12-66. Yeah, I think they took the foot off the gas a little bit from just the score updates that I saw on mm. Saturday night. They looked like they were doing it on the bit of the Lions. So yeah, yeah, they um they had a oh look, they um only kicked three goals in the last quarter to they kicked they kicked three goals to one. But yeah, they um they I I don't think they really um push themselves too hard. I think they just did enough to get the job done. Yeah, agreed. 
So, and they're looking good. You know, I think they're everyone's second second favourite at the moment, which you have to think. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, look, they're, you know, they're, um, they're a game behind um, Melbourne. They've only lost the one and um, they look like the only one potentially anywhere near close to challenging them. And it'll be interesting to see how they both go for the rest of the season. Yeah, well, I dare say there'll be two games behind the Demons after this week, but uh, see how we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. Or either that or their percentage will be way, way above the Demons. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a game that was kind of surprising, but also not. Um, the Suns getting over the line against the Dockers, 10-9 to 4-9. Yeah, I like I said, I, I tipped the Suns. I just had a hunch. Um, and then watching those played in torrential rain, a fair bit of it. It was uh, wet weather footy at its best. Yeah. Uh, but the Suns were just all over the Dockers. They, yeah. Um, you know, Took Miller just did, did what does, did what Took Miller does. Um, Isaac Rankin, uh, first time I've watched him with any sort of great interest this season. Uh, and he was everywhere. I think um, even the commentary team said so this is going to be one of the greatest or most impactful five possession games you've ever seen mm. um, because he. Uh, was instrumental in just keeping the ball in Gold Coast forward line at every opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he's been given a bit of a rocket um, by the coaching staff to say, uh, you know, five possession games aren't going to cut it if you're not yeah. backing that up with six or seven tackles and a bit of forward pressure work. So, uh, you know, uh, he was great. Um, and the Suns just appeared to have the Dockers measure all over the field. So, um, yeah, you know, Jared, Jared Witts is back, back to yeah. form after an Rico and Things are looking up. Yeah, and um, it is that um, centre group of um, Wits, Miller and Anderson that just yeah. get the job done. I mean... Yeah, throwing um, Matty Rowell as well. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. and um, like you said, it's not necessarily about possessions, though, either with um, with um, the Suns. Like, of the yeah. top 10 possession getters, I think only it was only Miller and Anderson that were in the top 10 for um, yeah. Gold yeah. Coast, but they just were better with it in the um, conditions. Yeah, I think it's uh, um, a testament to Gold Coast pressure because Fremantle, not so much they were trying to play dry weather footy in wet weather, mm. they were just continually under pressure and had to go the quick handball or the yeah. quick kick out of the pack, whereas as soon as uh, Gold Coast got it, they were able to either kick it to space and, and you know, typical wet weather footy or, or find a man who was able to run 20 metres and then get it going. So, um, But I think uh, the other talking point with the Gold Coast is the forward combination of uh, Chol and Casbolt. Mm. Uh, just marking everything, doing what yeah. key forwards should do. Uh, and you can only imagine how good it was if would it be if Ben King was there. Yeah. Um, and although, you know, you think, well, Caswell probably wouldn't play if King was playing. But, um, yeah, next year, if he comes back, that could be a very interesting three-pronged attack if they yeah. chose to go down that path. So, And given how Caswell's been playing, um, you know, if he – stays in form and chose to play on next year, you'd really have to consider that because he's, oh, um, yeah. he's been, he's been getting the job done. Yeah. Well, I mean, he monstered the pies for a half a yeah. couple of weeks ago. Uh, really, really good. Kick four goals. Um, and even yesterday, even wet weather, uh, if he wasn't marking it, it was certainly coming down yeah. to the Gold Coast small. So uh, look, I really like what I've seen there. At Gold Coast. I think Dwayne Russell said on the commentary that, uh, uh, you know, their best year, best season in their 10 years uh, has been eight wins uh, and they're already halfway there, mm. uh, you know, nine weeks in. So um, you think they've got Hawthorne in a couple of weeks. That's a winnable game for them. Yeah. Uh, 
and, and obviously a few others around the track. So, um, you know, you'd expect that they should at least beat their best ever year. Yeah. Um, and maybe even push for the bottom reaches of the eight. That's what, certainly where I'd be aiming. Oh, yeah. the I Look, obviously, um, the way it's already panned out, they're not going to be in the top the top half of that eight, but um, they're certainly making the case to um, yeah. fall in there and, you know, um, push out one of Richmond, Geelong or the Bulldogs, those sort of lower level ones that are um, yeah. anywhere in between that sort of six and 12 position. And it, it's going to be an interesting fight for the rest of the season. Yeah. So, they, I mean, I, I probably don't expect them to win this week. They've got the doggies at Ballarat, hmm. uh, which would be as foreign to the Gold Coast as, you know, as you can get just about. But uh, yeah. after that, they've got um, the Hawks, as I said, in Darwin. That's winnable. Um, imagine going from Ballarat next week playing in Darwin. Mm. How, how... It's a slight difference in temperature, isn't it? <laughs> just, a, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, similar conditions with slippery slippery ball and hand and all that sort of stuff. But uh, And then they've got the Kangaroos in, also in Darwin. Mm. Um, and I think they'll probably have their bye after that. That'll take yeah. us to around 13. Um yeah, they'll have their bye after two weeks in Darwin. So if they come out of the next three games with two wins, um, that will see them at uh, six and six, I think. Yeah. That'll be pretty impressive. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't like the fact that Carlton's still winning. <laughs> no, no. I must admit, I tipped the Giants on Sunday, not necessarily because of the Leon Cameron factor, but Harry Mackay was out for the Blues. Uh, and a couple of other things. I just thought, well, this could be the game where the Giants get it done. But mm. uh, Carlton, far too good. Uh, even, yeah, the Giants got off to a slow start, but sort of reeled Carlton in by the midway through the second quarter. And then the Carlton midfield just seemed to get on top. And yeah, yeah. the Giants could never get closer than sort of 15, 20 points. So, yeah. It was annoying. It is annoying. It is. Um, it's. It's annoying. It's. It's not something I want to see. It's not something I want to um, um, talk about. But yeah, like uh, I actually picked Carlton. I just thought that um, they were the better team. I had the same sort of thoughts you did. I'm like, oh, Mackay, or um, you know, the Cameron factor. You know, people usually winning their last game as coach if they're going out mid-season. But yeah, it's hard to see where the gap is. That um. At Carlton, and it's it's unfortunate to say, but you know they they've they've got replacements for Mackay. They've got Silvani Walsh yeah. through the middle. They got Doherty down back. They got Kennedy. Um, is starting to find form after a few years of sort of being in the wilderness. It's just um, there's a lot to like about their list, and I don't like it. <laughs> well, I must me, I do have a soft spot for the Blues, Hamish, mm. and. Uh... Yeah, the Don from West Meadows, is, uh, he walked into the office this morning with a spring in his step. Uh, I did remind him that he, his team cost me nine winners, but uh, he didn't seem to care too much. He was pretty happy with himself. So, yeah. But uh, look, you know, Carlton supporters are rejoicing all over the place. And uh, gosh, they're looking good for finals. Oh, look, I, you'd have, they, uh, it would have to be a shocking capitulation for them to miss the finals, let's face yeah. it. Exactly right. So, um, yeah, they're going well, and fingers crossed they uh, they get there, but don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more game before we get to our teams. Um, Nam, the, the Melbourne Football Club, <laughs> did get the job. They did get the job done. They got the job done. Um, you know, probably 
let's face it, 74 points less than I expected them to get it done yeah. by. But, um, you know, a 70, 74 point winners over the hapless Eagles. Um, yeah, I, I think I saw a little bit of this game. I think the Eagles had a bit of a dip, but yeah. ultimately, though, Melbourne were far too good. Mm. This game is probably more memorable for its suspensions rather than the actual gameplay, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, uh, Liam Ryan's very lucky to only have one week. Yeah. Uh, in my, I mean, young Jake Bowie bounced straight back up. But for mine, if we want to get rid of that, that needs to be a three or four weeker. Yeah. Um, and the young boy from Melbourne who laid a pretty good tackle, but just unfortunately, it all went a bit wrong in the end. And, yeah. And uh, his West Coast opponent was pile driven into the turf um, head first. Uh, has ended up with two weeks. Um, I think those could have been reversed quite comfortably, yeah. those two sanctions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody disagrees that uh, the tackle was suspendable given the outcome. However, uh, it wasn't your classic uh, sling tackle mm. where, or, yeah, it was just uh, a good tackle that started well and ended up wrong. It wasn't malicious yeah. or anything. It was just one of those things. So, Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't, no. um, but, you know, it's, it was reckless. And yeah, yeah. that's just, an issue now it's um no oh, yeah exactly yeah. The, the onus is on the tackler to get it right and unfortunately it went wrong for him so yeah, yeah. but um yeah i'm very surprised that liam ryan only got one week and i really don't like the outcome based suspensions yeah for me it's got to be consistent it's the incident not the outcome yeah because that, that otherwise some people are just getting lucky and not yeah. getting um um, yeah, not getting yeah. punished like, for it. Like Tom Lynch throwing yeah. an elbow and getting nothing. Yeah. Drawing blood and everything. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily dirty, but he still threw the elbow back and mm. copped German Impy in the face. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, as someone pointed out today in the media, well, Toby Green would have got suspended for that. Yeah. So, anyway, that's the way Michael yeah. Christian sees it. Mm. Is it still Michael Christian? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, so. But, you know, there, there are no holes in Melbourne, are there? I mean, you know, Petrarca, no. 28 possessions, Oliver, 28 possessions and seven clearances, Pickett, three goals. Yeah. Um, McDonald, four goals. Fritch, three goals. Yeah. Brown, two. Petrarca yeah. kicked two. He t- kicked two, four, so he could have very easily had six because they weren't um, – I, I saw a couple of the other ones and he probably should have kicked them. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, this was a game Melbourne could have strolled through and won by 40 points mm. uh, and no one would have said anything. It's yeah, like an expected result. Melbourne clearly paid it, played it half right now. But yeah. in fact, they went out one by twelve goals. As you said last week, it could easily have been two hundred points, yeah. given the form for both sides. But um, ah, and eleven of the best twenty-two for West Coast weren't playing. So yeah, that's right. So um, I just think Melbourne did what they had to do. And maybe seventy-four points against West Coast is actually thirty-five to forty points against everyone else. I don't know. Yeah. So I think Probably. Melbourne would have been pretty happy they came out of it with no injuries. And, yeah. Uh, one unfortunate suspension. Hmm. So. Um, before we get to talking about our men's teams, uh, we both ventured out to Box Hill Oval on Sunday morning to um, watch yes. a game of football to um, VFL women team. The um, the top of the table clash um, between my Bombers and your Hawks. And I I must say, I, it was a very enjoyable game of football. Low yeah, scoring, but a um, lot of fun. It lived up to the billing, uh, the two top teams. I found out why it was rescheduled from 11.30 till, to 9.30 uh, 
is because the uh, VFL game afterwards was the Channel 7 uh, live VFL game. Oh, so they had to set up everything to make sure it was ready for the... No, no. So that started at midday. Okay. Uh, because then obviously Channel 7 going As to the... Three, oh, yeah, the Twilight three, game, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. So that's why it got shifted to the more unpalatable time of 930 the yeah. girls were literally kicking the Jew off the ground, unfortunately. But um, look, it was a pretty good game of footy, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. low scoring, as you said. But I think uh, one of us made the comment that, uh, you know, uh, the, the teams have been winning comfortably week on week. And, yeah. you know, against another good side, you don't get the offensive freedoms that you'd otherwise get against mm-hmm. the lower ranked teams. And uh, look, as I said earlier, Hawthorne or Box Hill staged an incredible comeback uh, to get the draw. Yeah. Um, and your assertions that the ball was over the line at the other end, but clearly had no line of sight. Uh, so there, there was a, yeah, no, there, there, there was a, <laughs> there was a kick on the siren at the end of the game. Um, that you know, there was a bit of cheering from the girls, but I think that might have just been to try and um, you know, yeah. to, um, trick the, the umpire, umpire, con the umpire, and um, yeah. get them to say it had um, cross the line, cross the line. But um, yeah. yes, no, clearly sitting at the other end of the ground. Um, <laughs> You know, as much as I love a good umpire conspiracy as an Essendon supporter, in this case, I think maybe, yeah, perhaps it was just that, a little bit too far and a little bit um, out Look, of um, reach. But, it could have only been better if Scotty McLaren was umpiring, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, well. Yeah. But look, it was a good, it's a good game of footy. As I said uh, yesterday, I think I got there half through the first quarter. I think you got there early Closer to quarter. quarter. Yeah, or cl- uh, quarter time. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it's, and, a, it's uh, a long tr- it's a long trek from my house over to Box Hill, but we got there, and like it was an unpalatable time to start, as you said, when you've oh. got to get a six year old in the car and get them um, belted yeah. up and ready um, to go, entertained as well. Mm. Well, I was, I, yeah, the wilds of the eastern suburbs, Hamish. I don't know yeah. how you dealt with it, but mm. uh, the uh, but look, uh, it was great to see early in the first quarter there was a bit of argy bargy as well. So even in the VFLW, the rivalry is strong between yep. the two clubs. But there was pretty good support. There was a, a decent crowd there, probably five hundred people. Which is yeah, across um around the ground at, le- yeah. at least um you know obviously most of them were probably Hawks fans, given that um yeah Hawthorne um you know were playing well Boxer was playing their VFL game that afternoon as well. But you know there was a significant proportion of um Essendon scarves and stuff that came across yeah. as well. So I was impressed to well, see. Think, yeah, so I think where we were it was sort of probably the more Hawthorne or Box Hill. On the on the sort of the, the hill or the concrete yeah. terrace, whatever you call it, but uh, certainly around behind the Essendon bench and on the grass till, yeah, uh, was a cohort of Bombers fans. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. But it was good. It was good, mm-hmm. regardless of the result, which ultimately yeah. was a draw, which is an excellent precursor to the finals because I think yeah. uh, along with the Demons, they're clearly the top three teams. Uh, yeah, it's going to mm-hmm. be a good good little final series. I think that one. Yeah. So we may find ourselves watching together again. Yeah, uh, Although, fun... albeit this time at Windy Hill or yeah. some other unpalatable location. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, every goal was an individual goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Although um, Federica Fru, who has been one of the stars for Essendon this year, did kick four behind. So yeah. Um, yeah. that could have been the difference if she'd kicked a bit straighter <laughs> during the game. Um, but look, um, it was the, you know, the standard stars for both teams um, performing well again. Um yeah, cap as you know, another captain's game from Georgia Nanskowen with twenty nine possessions, um, five marks, six tackles, and two clearances. Um, Amelia Radford with twenty four, um, you know, a star recruit this season, twenty four disposals. 
um, for you, your girls, um, Porter and Holmes, but um, well, Porter had 29 disposals as well, and yeah. Holmes had 23. So, um, yeah, the stars were shining, but um, yeah, it was a great game from both of them, and I think. As we sort of said, it was that defensive pressure that was the difference between some of the games they've been um, yeah. playing previously, where they could be a lot more free flowing with their um, delivery into the forward line. Correct, and yeah, I think it's a great uh, finals tune-up, and I think both teams know that they're going to have a a worthy opponent yeah. at some point in the finals. Um, mm. And I think, uh, you know, I mean, we knocked off the demons a couple of weeks ago. I think you play them next week or the week yeah. after in the VFLW. So. Um, is it the last game of the year? Last game of the year for us, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it's going to be, uh, like I said, a very interesting final series. Yeah, and congratulations to um, Bomber Courtney Ugal playing that's her 50th game. Yes, that's right. She was cheered off at the end, wasn't she? She so, was, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well played. Well played to her. Mm. So, yeah. And uh, I think uh, just before we wrap up the VFLW, uh, Hawthorne announced today four more signings for the AFLW. Okay. Uh, so we have uh, Tilly Lucas-Rod, Jess Duffin, Janet Baird, and Akek McCourt-Trot uh, okay. have come across to the Hawks. Um, so uh, Tilly Lucas-Rod comes to us from the Saints. Uh, she's played 43 games for the Blues and the Saints across uh, seven seasons of the AFLW uh, and finished second in St Kilda's Best and Fairest. Uh, and it was also in the All-Australian squad last year. So that's a handy pickup uh, for Hawthorne's inaugural season next year. Um, and then we have uh, Jess Duffin, who's a dual All-Australian uh, and played in the AFLW since its inception with Collingwood and North. Uh, and she's also been a successful cricketer, having captained the Renegades in the uh, WBBL. Okay. Yes. Uh, and was in team of the tournament in 2019. So she's... Uh, uh, She's our own Elise Perry, shall we say, in a dual, well, not so much a dual international. Can we yeah. say a dual regional, something like that, maybe? Something like that, uh, yeah. Mm. Yep. It's, uh, so she's coming across. Um, and then Janet Baird comes from the Suns. Uh, she played three games up there. Uh, she's originally out of the Northern Territory uh, and won the NTFL Best and Fairest in 2019. So she's uh, come down to the Hawks and... Uh, uh, Macaw Chot uh, has played 23 games with Fremantle and Richmond uh, and comes across uh, to us and uh, strengthens Hawthorne links with uh, the Sudanese community. Um, so a very exciting announcement to come out of Hawthorne late today. Uh, uh, yeah. Those four girls joining. Yep. Before we move on, I, um, yes, there have been a couple of announcements um, for the um, AFLW team at Essendon as well. Um, four of the VFLW team have... Um, been uh, offered spots on the AFLW list. Um, f- uh, Federica through um, who mentioned um, not unexpected, uh, not unexpected, having kicked twenty-seven goals uh, this season, um, joining the list. Um, Joanne Doonan, Danielle Marshall, and Jordan Zanchetta. Congratulations to all of them who will be um, once the official sign and trade period opens, will be. Um, Signing with the club for the inaugural, well, for the inaugural Essendon season. So, congratulations to the four of them. Yeah, it's great news. And uh, I did see tonight. Uh, Gillen McLaughlin has uh, said that they're very close to signing a CBA. Yeah. Uh, the AFLW, uh, which means they'll be able to announce the starting dates for next season. Yeah. So uh, I think he said that there's provisional dates in place for August. Uh, 
but they're not going to announce those until they until it's officially away. signed. Yeah. Yeah. So he said he believes it's twenty four to thirty six. <coughs> excuse me, thirty six hours away um, before that is signed off. So uh, hopefully uh, by the end of the week we'll get that done and announcements around when the season starts. And I think it would be fitting if uh, the VFL Grand Finalists play off in the first match of the AFLW season. What do you reckon, Hamish? Sounds good. Let's see if we can make it happen. We might have to get on the coffees and not the beers on an early Sunday morning. (laughs) That's okay. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, So tell me, how did did your Hawks men's teams go last weekend? Well, the... uh... We played the Tigers in both games. Uh, the VFL boys had a great win come from behind win yesterday afternoon at Box Hill City Oval. Uh, certainly there was a breeze going to the right of screen because uh, Richmond got the jump in the first quarter and we're out to 20-odd points. Uh, and we're looking good in the first half. And then uh, Hawthorne came out in the second half and absolutely dominated. Uh, and I think uh, finished up with a seven or eight goal final quarter uh, to win by... Um, a fair margin in the end. So uh, Hawthorne knocked Richmond out of the eight and they've won four of their last five in the VFL and are sitting eighth uh, on the ladder there. So uh, everyone's uh, very happy and um, not a bad effort considering they had a few outs, uh, particularly Emerson Jecker, who, uh, uh, you know, it's had a hamstring, looks like a six-weeker, unfortunately, after kicking five goals and a half last week. So um, we uh, uh, look forward to getting him back. But... Uh, a really good win yesterday. Uh, a couple of AFL listed boys in Daniel Howe and, and Liam Shields obviously playing well and um, keeping their name up in lights for a recall to the senior team. And um, uh, I think Josh, Josh Saunders, I think we drafted in the rookie draft last year or the year before, really got um, got himself going. He's got some good good wheels, that young man. So um, he was quite impressive. Um, I watched the most of the game on TV and it was interesting. We drafted Connor Downey a couple of years ago I'm not sure where he's at. He doesn't look like he's uh, going to get there, unfortunately. But um, given North Melbourne bid for him in the draft, we might be able to, dare I say it, trade him off to the Kangaroos mm. for a second-round draft pick. But uh, um, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's... He just doesn't seem like he's... I don't know. He, he's touted as being the next one of the next big things for the Hawks and kind of hasn't got it got it yet. But, yeah, um, I did... Um, I, uh, you know... Um, Again, coming back to fantasy football, um, yeah. I had picked him in a team last year based on um, speculation, but I just mm. I, I wondered how far away he was from the best twenty-two. Yeah, he's a fair way off it. Given you know players like um, Newcomb and stuff coming through as well this year, yeah. who just seem to have leapfrogged him in any sort of thoughts of um, getting a spot. Yeah, well, you would have thought that your drafting would have been astute. Mm. Given he sort of in inverted commas debuted in round one last year, yeah, albeit as the sub, mm. uh, and um, yeah, but he looks a fair way off the mark, and maybe he's coming back from injury. Maybe I'm being harsh on him. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, certainly, uh, yeah, someone like Finn McGuinness who yeah. uh, who was drafted alongside him, uh, yeah, he's had a ripping preseason. Looks in great nick, you know, and it's playing really well in the ones. So yeah. I know Downey had some injuries last year and, and all that sort of stuff, which hindered his progress. But um, yeah, I just wonder, I'm not sure, not sure what's going on there. So hopefully uh, Sam Mitchell and the coaching staff can, uh, you know, 
find out what makes him tick and, and get the best out of him. But um, as a reasonably high draft pick, or it could have been if because Hawthorne effectively waited until mm. he was bid on before picking him up. Um, yeah, but he was touted anywhere, top 20 to top 40. Um, sort of just got a way to go. Mm. Anyway, it was a good win by the boys. Um, and uh, unfortunately, though, the Tigers AFL team uh, did the job on the Hawks at the MCG on Saturday afternoon. Um, the game well, it was a great first quarter. Hawthorne got off to a great start. As again, uh, leading at seven point by seven points at quarter time, uh, and the game looked like it was anyone's. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. it was a pretty open game, good to watch, skillful footy going on. And I think the turning point came at the quarter time siren when Jack Gunston jumped for a mark and landed awkwardly, uh, and was subbed out of the game halfway through the second quarter with an ankle injury. So we'll see how bad that is uh, tomorrow in the injury lists. Although. Mm-hmm. Not much has come out of Hawthorne, so I expect we'll see TBC next to his name Yeah, uh, tomorrow. The old uh, to be confirmed, which is a bit mm-hmm. annoying. But um, certainly the Hawthorne's uh, forward cohesion lacked from there on. Uh, and Richmond's back line started to get on top. Uh, but uh, all in all, it was a pretty good game of footy. It was entertaining um, mm-hmm. in blustery conditions at the G, it must be said. So um, really liked the look of... Finn McGuinness, as I said, um, uh, Dylan Moore um, played another good game, copped a heavy hit in the second quarter and, and kept on going. Um, James Warple, a bit like Connor Downey, not sure where he's where he's at at the moment. Um, yeah. You know, um, needs a, I'm not going to say he needs a spell in the twos, but he just, I think the club needs to say to him, right, you're going to be playing out of the middle. And uh, we're going to leave you there and see how you go mm. because he's played all over the place at the moment. I'm not sure, quite sure he's, yeah, he's found his feet after winning the best and fairest two or three years ago. Um, and Tom Mitchell didn't play, so interestingly that he just didn't slot into the middle. John Newcomb was excellent again, uh, really good driving this forward. Um, and Kazitsky and Lewis really showed that they're going to be the the key forwards. Yeah, um, yeah. For the next decade at the club, they look really good together. Uh, worked very well together, um, and it was good. Um, Max Lynch battled manfully in the ruck against Soldo and, and Nan Curvis. Uh, yeah, I've got a chop out from Kaczynski every now and again, but uh, I did find it interesting. Yeah, Richmond sort of held us at bay at 25, 30 points for most of the second and third quarters, and then uh, Hawthorne made a late charge uh, in the last quarter, got it back to 10 points. Yeah, and if you're mm-hmm. a contending team, you would think that, righto, we're 10 points down, five minutes to go. Our big guns are in the middle. So you have Lynch as your yeah. ruckman, O'Meara, uh, Warple, uh, you know, in the, in the middle. Uh, but no, we decided to go with uh, uh, Kaczynski, McDonald, uh, Newcomb, and another young boy who I missed. But uh, certainly Mitchell's coaching to educate, I, yeah. would, I would think, rather than worrying about the victory. Yeah. Um, which is fine. However, uh, I'm always a believer that you know, winning breeds winning and a winning culture is yeah. hard to replace. So you've got to tread that line, I think. Um, you know, and maybe it's just me wanting a bit of um, short-term mm. gratification for, for long-term gain. But uh, yeah, um, when I saw that, I thought, oh, okay, well, this is the direction 2023 is heading in. We're not, uh, 
necessarily coaching to win here. We're coaching to educate or, you know, in more brutal terms, coaching for draft picks. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, to educate. Yep. Yes. So mm. I think um, the, you know, uh, the, if there's a team I dislike as much as Carlton, it's Richmond. And the di- mm. most disappointing thing for me is, um, you know, Lynch kicking four, Martin yeah. kicking three, Rewalt yeah. kicking three. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Lynch is six in front now for the Coleman medal. Yeah. And um, I mean, I mean uh, look, a couple of points on Richmond. So Tom Lynch is playing the best footy I've seen him play in his 10 years in the game. Um, he looks unstoppable at the moment. James Sicily went on to him, which I thought was an interesting move given he gives away about 10 centimetres and 10 kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was one of the highlights of the match, that matchup. It didn't change all day. Uh, Sicily, you'd say Lynch possibly won kicking four goals, but Sicily certainly held his own and was Hawthorne's best player. Um, so that was really good to see. Uh, Ranger Barras was given an education by Rewalt, which is what we all expected. Um, not to say that Rewalt thrashed him, just that, yeah, it's a young defender on a yeah. key forward who's plied his trade for a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, that was really interesting. And, and I noticed about Dusty Martin, and I don't think I ever noticed this before. Uh, and I'm not sure if he's got an issue with his left leg, but he certainly doesn't use it to kick. Mm. I think he had multiple opportunities to kick on his left foot and uh, kick bananas on his right. And uh, it's the first time I've really noticed it. I thought, oh, this is going to be controversial, Hamish. Yeah. Can you be a great player if you can't kick both feet? Well, I would say he is a great player. So, I mean, <laughs> like, given the way he's dominated games of football and what he's achieved in his mm. career, um, yes, the answer to that is yes. Uh, he's no Sam Mitchell, that's for sure. But, mm. uh, no, I mean, look, he's obviously an all-time great. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I really noticed he just did not kick on his left foot at all. So, I shall be grilling my brother on that yeah. when we speak later in the week uh, to find out what's going on. Anyway, Tigers won by 20-odd points in a reasonable game of footy. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Hawthorne are, are racking up the 20 to 30-point losses willy-nilly. Yeah. Um, now, how, how, how do we want to address the bombers? Let's start with some positive news first. The um, wheelchair football team had a dominant win. Yeah, uh, 10-4-64. No, actually, well, it wasn't a dominant win. It was 10. It was, um, it was seven points uh, against the... Um, Against the Tigers, uh, your boys, the the Hawthorne team, um, yeah, they didn't quite do as well against St Kilda, one hundred and forty-one to sixty-five. So it was, they, they struggled a bit um, last <laughs> weekend. Um, yes, they were playing at eleven a.m. at um, on Sunday at Burundara. So um, obviously, we were both at the uh, um, the VFLW, so we couldn't make it across there in time, but. Um, Yes, um, a good win for the Bombers there. Um, the VFL side had a bye, so they didn't lose, um, which is a positive <laughs> given that they haven't won a game yet this year, but um, they didn't lose. There you go. Uh, um, I... Described the, um, you know, in, I was thinking about it Saturday night and into Sunday morning and the word I would describe, well, there are two words I used to, to describe the um, Essendon game from Saturday night, insipid and putrid. Um, last week against the Hawks, uh, Essendon had 24 tackles in the last quarter alone. 
for the entire game against the Swans this week, they had 30. Um, it's not so much losing that annoys me, you know, sometimes teams lose, you get beaten by better teams. It happens. It's football, especially when you've got a young list that's um, growing and still learning, playing against um, a team that has, you know, is slightly older and has um, players in it like Buddy who always seem to lift against Essendon, but it just seemed like they weren't trying and it was the young guys that were the only ones that were putting any effort in. And frankly, um, losing 105 to 47 flattered the Bombers because the Swans kicked 14 goals, 21. They should have they, they should have lost by 100 points. If, if um, the Swans had kicked straight, it would have been at least a 100-point loss. And um, there was just um, no pressure anywhere around the ground. Um, they didn't put in... Um, they... You know, Dylan Shields not playing like a player that's on 750 grand a year. Um, Merritt had um, a disappointing game. Parrish had a disappointing game. They both got lots of pre- um, lots of possessions. They always do, but um, nothing was happening with it. Um, yeah, look, it's it's hard to sort of um, it's hard to sort of come up with any positives out of it in terms of. Um, people that played well, the, the Swans were just ruthless. They just kept going. Um, and it's just disappointing to see how this would happen, um, you know, in what Dyson Heppel's 200th game. You'd think they'd at least put a bit more effort in, um, especially given the way they started. Two of the first three goals were to the Bombers, but then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, it's um, it's pleasing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, no, thanks I for your moral support in my time of crisis. There, um, there no, I can't. I, I can't say that. I, well, I am saying that. Yeah, it's true. But uh, I just find it strange now. You had such a great win last week. Uh, yeah, come back, come from behind, an eight goal last quarter. I should say twenty five tackles. Yeah. Did you think it was just? Did the boys just think it was going to turn on and happen again? Like just flick a switch and and it's we're on. Especially against a team like Sydney, where you you don't get that to happen, you've got to work your ass off for four quarters to get close to them. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised that they made some of the changes they did and brought some of the guys back in. They did not that they don't necessarily deserve to be on the cusp of selection at Essendon, but yeah, but like I mean, you said, they, did... they had a win, and these were players that had already played at the top level. Um, you know, but dropping Kane Baldwin again, who'd kicked a couple of goals against um the Hawks and offers another target up forward mm. as well as Francis and Wright. Like um, I suppose don't forget some of them were very late ins last week mm. with illness going through. Is it a residual factor? Is the illness a residual factor? Like is everyone a bit flat because they're recovering from whatever it was? Um well not necessarily because they um those that there were some that were involved in the game that had it from earlier in the week, but still played well last week and an extra yeah. week of recovery. You wouldn't have thought that really had anything to do with it, but um, like it's, um, it's just a lack of effort from some of the senior players and, yeah. um, and it's got, it's becoming a big issue at the football club. I mean, there, there are no excuses for it and it, it just seems to be happening too consistently. It's not, um, 
it's not often a lack of skill. It seems to be a lack of will and no plan B when things start to go wrong. Yes. I don't know about the plan B. I don't think many teams have a plan B anymore. Uh, I think they coach to play a certain way with tweaking mm. to yeah. fit the opposition or, um, but uh, certainly... but they but that's the thing they weren't playing the way they are coached to play because they weren't playing the same way they played against Carlton they um yeah they revert to type and um look for the cheap handball and um, put another player under pressure instead of um, kicking it long and moving it slickly the, the way they were against Hawthorne the week before yeah no it's it's interesting so you've got Richmond this week in the Dreamtime game which is always a a big game yeah uh, big crowd uh. Will the fans vote with their feet and stay away, or will they come and and support? Uh, and... Oh no, they, they'll get um, they'll get. Well, actually, I don't. I'm an MCC member, so I don't even know if it's an um, Essendon home <laughs> game or not. But there'll there'll be 80,000 yeah. people there. Um, but you know, um, as I sort of said at the uh, top of the podcast, um, Essendon fans are um fickle and expect success, and given. Um, the fact that we made the finals last year and look well off the pace this year, it's um, unless they start to see some positive signs very quickly, we may see um, the, um, truck getting the full support of the board <laughs> sooner rather than later. And um, mm. especially given everything else that's going on. And um, so, so Dean Solomon could be a man in demand because mm. uh, Blake Carousel might call him back and, and say, yeah. come down and help me out. Yes. That's yes, it. True. Who's mm. Divided loyalties there. So, mm. Maybe we'll go for Mark yeah. Mercurial or Mark Mercedes. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It was very, I was shocked by the result. Like, I wasn't yeah. shocked that Sydney won, but I was shocked by the margin and then also the, uh, the reports and the, yeah. you know, about Essendon's lack of. Oh, yeah. The, the mar- and the thing is, the margin flatters Essendon. Like I said, yeah. they didn't kick straight. You know, look, there are some positives out of it. It, it is the young guys that are still continuing to um prove themselves um yeah. you know um yeah Hobbs and well Martin again. played yeah. well and um you know Martin's probably uh, it would have to be the find of the draft for any team even though he's poor bastard had happened to end up at Essendon this year um but <laughs> he'd be, like he'd have to be um oh he was leading the he'd, he'd have to be leading the best and fairest at Essendon at the moment he's just been the most consistent player by yeah. a long way um they're finally starting to rub Hobbs through the midfield. So he's getting yeah. to prove why they picked him. Yeah. Um, you know, and McGrath, they're playing McGrath a bit more off halfback now, which is where he should be playing. And he's starting to work his way into games again. But, yeah. you know, it, it's still, um, you know, the shields of the world mm-hmm. that should be doing better that just aren't playing how they should be playing. Yeah. And I think, you know, Merritt and Paris seem to cop a lot of heat too because they fall into the Tom Mitchell mold of getting a lot of the ball, but supposedly not doing a lot with it. Yeah. Uh, but do they need to be satisfied with 25 touches and two goals and you know, six inside 50s rather than 38 touches, no goals and uh, no inside 50s? Yeah, that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It's interesting. The Bombers are an interesting case study because they were a great yeah. team in the second half of last year, as yeah. you pointed out last week. Yes. Uh, Flutter's attack at the moment, uh, injuries notwithstanding, probably the two. I mean, they're two players with real X factor in Stringer and Tip and Woody. Yeah. Uh, so take those two out of the side. That leaves you with a reasonably bland mix, yeah. so to speak. Um, and like we talked about, nary a key defender. 
Um, so that'll be something we'll be looking to strengthen at the end of the year, surely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Tough one for you, mate. Mm, yeah, look, so. they're going to have to trade in a key defender because if they think they're in the premiership window, they can't afford to pick up a youngster and um, give them a few years to work into it. And, um, look, we're halfway yeah. through the season and it doesn't look like... Um, it doesn't look like... Um, now you've got a, have you got a slot for the draft? No. Yeah, our, our list's full because they took um, Wanganeen and Martin, so there's That's no one right. coming in at mid-season. It's not, it's not going to be something that comes... Um, is there anyone at, on the long-term list that they could ship off? Um, no. No, not with... Um, not with um, I don't think Hurley, there's anyone would, they could stick on the injury list, no. Would Michael Hurley do a Josh Caddy and retire mid-season to open up a spot? Like, is he likely to get back? Uh, well, I mean, apparently he's training, but he's not playing in the VFL side, so I I don't know yeah. how far off that is. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, and you know, but and you know, talking of the other two, um, um, you know, I I don't know what's going on with Stringer's hamstring because he seems to come back and then um, you know, conveniently yeah. get himself injured again, almost like he doesn't want to play. Maybe 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 that's a cultural issue. Maybe maybe he doesn't want to be there. Maybe there are there are bigger issues with the playing list. <laughs> um, yeah, but to, and you know, I watched a bit of um Tip and Woody playing a couple of weeks ago um, in a VFL game. They had the live one on Channel 7 and he's well off the pace as well. So he's not get, he's not back at full match fitness for an AFL level thing. So Yeah, so he'd um, be after the bye, you would have thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So, look, I can't say I'm not enjoying it because I am. Yeah. It's uh, helping me get over Hawthorne's losses a bit quicker, I must say. But, you know, However, we still beat you. So how bad are you guys going? Yes, exactly. So, yeah, you know, like we're hanging a hat on that we know for Geelong earlier this year, you guys can hang your hat on that. It's something we'll give to you generously. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Very interesting. So how long has Rutten got to get it turned around? Dubai? Six weeks? Oh, oh look, I, I don't think Essendon's the type of team that's going to sack someone mid-year, but... Um... There'd, there'd have to be serious speculation if there's not some sign of improvement by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and what's a good result on Saturday night for you personally? Well, I mean, a great result would be a win, but, you know, if we can stick within six goals, given the way we've been playing, I think that's <laughs> a positive result at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I would want to see out of the Bombers, uh, yeah, five to six goal loss if you're going to lose. Uh, you want to see... Caution thrown to the wind when you're running forward with the ball. Yeah. And uh, effort to get back defensively and help out your defenders. Yeah. Because I think even in the first half of the game last week, um, even though the players were blocking for each other and shepherding and doing all those sort of things, once Hawthorne got the ball forward, there was still a few players just sort of dawdling back and hoping for a turnover, Mm. uh, which we gleefully gave you, I might add. Um, yeah, and that's probably the yeah. biggest concern that Essendon has next week is there's two key forwards. Yeah. And not not young key forwards like Kaczynski, who, you know, I agree with you, he's going to be a superstar of the league over the next decade. But, um, yeah. you yeah. know, he's in his second year now. But, you know, you've got Lynch and Rewalt, and then you've got um, Martin, who's yeah. playing up forward at the moment as he's coming back and regaining his match fitness. And he yeah. kicked three last week. So you've got those three play against... Um, a small back line that theoretically um, 
should be, and you know, they might put Zach Zach Reed down there um, because mm. he played some time down back last week. But this is a kid that's twenty. Yeah, the player gets people that are twice his size in terms of body weight. Like, yeah, he's going to get thrown around like a rag doll if it's a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, you get back in time for the game, and mm-hmm. and uh, the Frank Gray Smith bar sort of soothes your soul a little bit. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have one eye on the election results and one <laughs> eye on the um, the football outside as well. It'll be an interesting uh, night. I think you're going to go for the double. <laughs> it might be two losses, you reckon? It gets slaughtered in both, yeah. Yep. So. Uh, so. Speaking of slaughtered, I had a shocking week on the um, Super Coach. I didn't even get up over 2,000 this week. I don't know what happened. I just was logging in then to have a look before mm. we um, ended the conversation. How did your team go? No, no, 1,900 and... Not much, but managed two wins out of the four leagues. I mean, so I'm not sure how that happened. But, um... 1,900 add two wins. I don't know if I actually won any of the games. I got 1,933, so I got smashed. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, they had a, almost as shocking week as the Bombers in my super coach side. But we'll, um, we'll reassess that <laughs> later in the week and see what we need to do to move that forward. Um, yeah. So 1,967 for me. So not sure. Yeah, we made a couple of interesting changes last week. One which paid off, and one which didn't. So, mm. and then, uh, like you say, a uh, couple of injuries and uh, things will determine next steps. Mm-hmm. Looking forward so. to next week. There's some interesting games next week. Yeah, it's a um, round of footy, isn't it? So. Uh, and it starts with a really tough game to pick on Friday night. Um, yeah, Carlton. V Swans. It's odd that they're playing this at Marvel Stadium. Uh, well, Carlton do have to play a few home games there every year, thanks to the legacy deal of Ian Collins. That's true. Former yeah. director and CEO of Telstra Dome back then, and yeah. Carlton at the same time. Never heard of a conflict of interest. Um, but, uh, oh, geez. I might go to the Blues, actually. I'm I think, I think leaning the, towards the Blues because it's in Melbourne. Yeah, I think their mid, like their midfield's big and strong to compete mm. with Sydney's midfield, but it's a little bit more dynamic, I reckon. Yeah. So the Blues for me. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. The Cats in Port Adelaide. Uh, given it's at Canadian Park. Yeah. I have to go to Cats. Yeah, I um think, you know, I. I I'd probably pick the Cats even if it was over in um, Adelaide. But, yeah, look, they, you know, I know Fremantle got across the line earlier in the year, but um, I think that was an aberration more than anything. I think the Cats just get the job yeah, the job done at home. I also think Fremantle got a little more quality than Port. Yeah. So. Uh, Bulldogs and Suns? Look, this is an interesting one. It's in Ballarat, so I'm going to go the Dogs. But uh, if it was anywhere else, I'd give the Suns a red-hot chance. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure they're used to playing in the um, freezing cold of um, Ballarat. So, no. well, um, let's let, let's have a quick look at the weather for Saturday just to see what they're going to be lining up to against. But uh, the wind windswept Mars Stadium in Ballarat uh, is not a friendly place uh, at the best of times, and it's going to be 16 and calm on Saturday. So, 16. That's that's um, that's warm for Ballarat. I know. Um, so. Uh, the locals have shorts and t-shirts on, but everyone else will be bundled up in their winter gear. That's yep. for sure. So, yep. Dogs for me. Yeah, the dogs have won the last three, and I think they're going to make it four of four. Mm. 
Um, yeah. yeah. Look, if it was in the Gold Coast, um, or if it was on the Gold Coast, I'd, I'd be leaning the other way. But um, being down here, yeah. also just coming off the high that they have, I think um, that, yeah, the dogs will get the job done. I, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be in yeah, I mean, low it's scoring. Gonna... I, I wouldn't say this yeah. is an exciting game. I don't think you see many high scoring exciting games at Ballarat. But no. I think, yeah, the Bulldogs will just get the job done. Yeah, I think it's going to be wind affected. Uh, as it always is out there. And um, yeah. I think the Bulldogs will just know the ground a bit better. So. Yeah. Now, Denam <laughs> win by 200 points. Wow. This is, I was just going to ask you the same question. So, uh, look, they should be motivated too, given they only knocked off West Coast by 75. Hmm. Uh, I think Melbourne comfortably. Yeah. Look, there's, there's nothing that you can. I, there's I don't there's not a chance that you can sort of give North Melbourne there's no, there's nothing in their list that makes you think yep they could pull this together and pull it out yeah um, the, the only the only thing in their favour is it's at Marvel Stadium yeah up until two or three years ago Melbourne hated playing at Marvel Stadium so it's hmm. the only positive I can look find yeah. that might change the margin from two hundred back to one fifty back to one hundred back to one fifty yeah <laughs> uh, Adelaide and St Kilda. Uh, to be the Saints, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me if the Crows got close. Like they're, yeah. just in, they're that that kind of team, I suppose, a bit like us, where they they're a young team. They're going to have ups and downs uh, on their home deck. Yeah, they might get close. I'm still going with the Saints. Yeah, just that seven goal quarter is enough for me to think. Yep, they've yep. got the quality there to take it up a gear if they need to. I think, um, you know, Adelaide will put some pressure on them and show some glimpses, but um, yeah. Saints should just have too much class. Agree. Uh, Although Jack Steele is out, so that'll be interesting to see how the Saints cope with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that, that is a question mark, definitely, but I think they can cover him. And um, Oh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. It's, uh, just been, it's an extended inch, eight yeah. weeks or something, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they go. Tigers and Bombers? Well, I think the Tigers, obviously. But yeah. uh, you have to the Bombers do what they did last week against us and surprise everybody. That would be really, really annoying. Yeah. But uh, you're hoping for it. Oh, look, of course I'm hoping <laughs> for it. But um, this is – this I, I can't see myself bringing myself to tip Essendon this week just based on the performance against Sydney. Um, yeah. We I, hope it gets a response. That's, that's oh, yeah. No, that, that, and that's so. what you're hoping for. But, like, also seeing the Richmond game and um, knowing that we have no – tall defense to um yeah, really counteract yeah. two two key forwards that are performing well at the moment it's going to be um yeah a fair struggle for the bombers so i just hope yeah. they um hope they put on a show and are at least competitive to make it interesting an interesting game to watch yeah and it's going to be calm and stuff in melbourne on, on yeah. saturday so no wind or rain to really upset those two key forwards so yeah mm. giants and eagles how much do the giants win by well yeah 50 points. Yeah, I was going to say 10 goals. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say about that. Yeah, um, yeah. And McVeigh gets off to that flying start. He needs to yeah. prove his credentials to um, get the job permanently. Yeah, and Adam Simpson vacates for Peter Simich to finally get a crack. Mm. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah, and not quite buttressing the round, but the second last game of the round, your boys, the Hawks, are against the Lions. Oh, I pragmatically have to go to the Lions. <laughs> Excuse me. It is in Tassie. Uh, sort of lends itself uh, to Hawthorne 
no, it doesn't really lend itself to Hawthorne victory because uh, Brisbane have got a reasonable record down in Tassie. So yeah. um, lines will be too strong. Yes, I think um, they're just, like we sort of said, um, you know, I think they're still a step behind um, Melbourne, but they get their, their closest to Melbourne in terms of having that overall list yeah. stability that um, gives them, you know, yeah, they've just got a touch of class above Hawthorne as much as, um, you know, the Hawthorne has displayed some glimpses of brilliance this year. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to put together a full game. No. If if anything, it'd be um, similar to what happened against, you know, the Swans a few weeks back and even Essendon last week, you know, yeah. three quarters, you might be able to do it. But um, I can just see the lines, but when they need to, they'll put the um, they'll put the foot down and get the job done. Yeah, I can sort of see it. I'm leaning that way, but I could also see something like the Melbourne performance where it's pretty close all day. Depends on the weather conditions down there too. That's always a factor. Um, Sam Mitchell's shown in his coaching, despite me bagging him before for his educational coaching, uh, he's got some match day tactics, which, um, you know, he can set the team up for. So, um, but uh, I would say the Lions by five to six goals. Yeah. And... Last game of the round, um, did a free man all bounce back and show Collingwood how to play the game? I think so. Yeah. I think they're supposed to bring back a few players this week who didn't make the trip to Queensland and uh, uh, the Pies, I think, um, yeah. Uh, a lot of young players in at the moment, senior players are out. So I think they've got yeah. yeah, I think five or six goals should be relatively easily. Um, they should get the job relatively easily done. Yeah, he's hoping Blake Akers gets 40 touches, 20 marks. and Yep. <laughs> yes, new, newly um, drafted in your fantasy football team. He's a newly minted Mars bar. Yeah. Good on Blake Akers. So. Yep. Mm. That has been another episode of the Line in the Sand podcast. Um, Let's hope it's a better week for the Essendon Football Club next week. Uh, let's hope it's a better week for the Hawthorne Football Club next week. Uh, please make sure you hit subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Share it with your friends. And if it does let you leave a review, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Until next week, have a good night. Hey, everyone. Up the Reds.